Hello, my snazzy individuals. It's your host, Laura, here at Softest Lore Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's very special episode. How have you been since the last episode aired? Hope everything's going great for you. And guess what? We have a snazzy author here with us. Please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is K.L. Thorne. I'm the self-published author of the Hestasia series. The fourth book of six is currently out. I'm a British-born writer, as you can probably tell from the accent, and I have taken a little break from writing my books to have a baby boy who's now two and a half. Oh, that's sweet. So I'm just getting back into it now after a little break. So firstly, thank you so much for creating such a captivating world, because I read the first chapter of your wonderful book, and I was immediately pulled in by the premise of the plot, the two worlds colliding, the unique magic system, the extent of love, and if it can conquer all, forbidden love, a steamy romance, that's enough to pull any reader in. So let me ask you, what drew you into writing this wonderful book? I've always been a writer. Even, you know, when I was a child with my brother, I used to write him comic books about his teddy bear and things like that. I've I've always been into that sort of thing. And when I was a teenager, I used to write a lot of fan fiction. Obviously, oh, that's where most writers start, yeah. I think, is the old <laughs> fan fiction uh, sphere. Um, never really thought about actually writing a book. I suppose I sort of got got this idea that came to me from a very varying different sources really it's some other sort of like other books some ideas that I had in my brain already some of it was old fan fiction ideas that I never used you know a real mishmash of all sorts of things that came together to form this book Um, and it just sort of went from there really I, I started writing it and thought oh you know I was only ever planning to do one originally but it's one of my favorite things is having the like interlinking storylines and things I love books that have got characters from other books cameoing in them and that oh, yeah, kind of thing. The so I was thing. <laughs> quite eager to sort of do something along those lines. I just sort of started it. So when I was reading the first chapter, I noticed that you do an amazing job of world building through the dialogue. Like with fantasy, I've noticed a lot of authors like have an issue with info dumping, but the way you did it, I really got sucked into the world so quickly. And it was like, I could understand exactly how the world was evolving and how it came to be through the prologue in the first chapter. So marvelous job on that. Thank you so much. I think that, like you said, that is a problem with a lot of fantasy things, especially the heavier side. They will always be quite sort of plot heavy because that's just kind of how fantasy is. But you're right, it it is a sort of a line to walk really where you don't want to go too overboard and give too much information all in one go but you do also have to set a scene. So I'm glad that you thought that I balanced it right. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, you did it really well. Because like immediately I noticed that you have like a unique magic system. How did you come up with that? Because I know with fantasy, magic systems are so tricky to like get down with the rules and rules that could break and all that. How did you manage to build a magic system? So the magic system originally when I first drafted this, was very, very loosely based in World of Warcraft because I'm a big fan of World of Warcraft. And (laughs) it wasn't exactly the same, but it's sort of, that's where I based my ideas. I started with something that already existed. And then I thought, right, what don't I like? And got rid of all of those things. And then I thought, well, what do I want it to do? And I added those bits in. And it's sort of, as I've written the other books, it's kind of 
shifted and changed to fit what I've needed it to fit. And I've added new bits in that I have come up with along the way. And it's just sort of built itself, really. You know, I find that interesting when you say it sort of built itself, because like I just recently got into writing fantasy. And I've noticed that the initial part of fantasy is to have a good foundation in the magic system. And having like what you said, like loosely basing it off of something is like an amazing point to start because that's how you know you won't have like certain flaws in the system or if do if things do contradict themselves it's on purpose and not because it was like an error so very good very good i like i feel like that's an amazing tip that you gave to loosely base it off of something because like world of warcraft has such an intricate and extensive magic system so very good (laughs) yeah it's a good tip really is that you know you don't have to build something brand new from the ground up you know, if you're a Tolkien, then fine. You know, you can do that. But I think that for most people, they like to base it in something that they already understand. And that's probably the best way to go about it, especially as a North Affairs branching into fantasy anyway, because there's so much that you can get swamped by and dragged down by some things. I think it's best to stick to what you know. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. So let me ask you a question. So... Who is your main character? And do you see certain aspects of yourself when you crafted your main character? Or do you share some similar goals, flaws, maybe? And if not, how are you two completely different? Now, that's a tricky one to answer. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's a tricky one to answer because I don't have a main character, really. Each book changes. So there's individual couples in each one and they all know each other. But you see see them cameoing in each other's books, but you don't follow one throughout. It's different people every time. Oh, that's very interesting. That's very hard to craft. So it's a difficult one to answer because they're all very different. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. Having multiple main characters, different perspectives. If you had to choose one, let's say like your first introductory character that sort of like introduced us to the world, would you say that you relate to them a bit? I suppose I probably do. I mean, the the first female main character is Laurie, who's one of the princesses that runs away. Later on, we see her two sisters and then we see um, friends of hers and things like that later on. But I suppose there's a piece of me in all of them, in a way. Laurie is quite ditzy and quite sort of headstrong and jumps into things without thinking and that kind of thing. And that's definitely not me. (laughs) I'm a planner. I like things as they are. And I know exactly what I'm going to be doing from one week to the next. So I suppose in that regard, we're very different. But she's also very kind and tenderhearted. And I do definitely see myself in that. When you say about planning, are you like that in like, when you craft the books as well? Are you more like a planner or like a person who likes going freely in within the story? I'm a real 50-50. So the way that these books have been, because there's six of them and because they're all quite interlinked, they follow a set storyline that covers all of them. Each book has its individual plot points and individual interests, but there's like an overarching sort of storyline going on behind it all. And because of that, I need to make sure that my timelines match up. So as you're writing one book, you need to make sure that things happen in that book in the same order that they happen in another and another from different perspectives different times, even down to the weather in each scene, <laughs> yeah, the so that you're not writing about glorious sunshine in one and then a snowstorm in the next. <laughs> so yeah. I actually have a huge Excel document that has got the whole storyline sort of planned out cell by cell as the days go by. 
through the storyline. So I suppose I'm probably a planner, not a panther. Oh yeah, I was going to say, because I just can't plan ahead, too ahead. I tend to have like random streams of notes in my, either in my notebook or my phone nowadays. And whenever I did try to plan previously, because like when I started writing a couple of years back, I tried to approach it through the planning means. And I just, I don't know why, but like, I felt like I was spoiling my own surprises, <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, it does. It does. And I think that it doesn't always work for everybody. I still find myself going off on a tangent, even with my plans, to be honest. I write down everything that's going to happen. And then I get to a certain point and the characters sort of take over themselves. And they're like, yeah, no, 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 we're not doing this. We're going to go over here and do this. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> I've got to rewrite the plan. <laughs> no, I relate to that. Because like sometimes I just go completely off in a different direction than I initially started the chapter. And thankfully, like, I haven't run into a plot hole because of that. So it's a plus in my book. <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's the other thing you've got to watch out for is that you don't write yourself into a corner. <laughs> so did you ever change, like, your approach to writing these books? Because I think since you wrote the first one and you're on the fourth one right now, did your writing process ever change throughout or did it remain, like, consistent? It didn't change too wildly. I mean, you definitely learn things as you go through. So there's plenty of things that I did in the first one that now I'm on the sixth one, I would be looking back and being like, no, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. Or I would have done it this way or I would have done it that way. But I suppose hindsight is a wonderful thing oh, yeah. like that. But no, I would say that the, the process has been pretty much the same for most of them. Although I will say that now I'm a mother of a toddler, oh, yes. <laughs> I've had to learn how to write on my phone rather than on the computer <laughs> oh, yeah. because I don't get time to sit down at the computer anymore. <laughs> so that's been a bit of a change. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a wonderful thing because now I guess like you have like a different type of source of inspiration. So having to take care of your children and writing is a challenge, but I think it's a beautiful challenge. It is, definitely. And I think that in a weird way, it sort of inspired me to work harder because I don't get any time that I want to do it anymore. I have my set windows. And if I don't do it in that window, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so it does sort of keep me on track in a bit of a quickies asleep. Let's write. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But actually, now that you say it, was there anything interesting that you learned while you were writing? Like something that you wish you knew earlier in the writing process? especially for book one, because I know book one is like, I'd say one of the hardest things to get into like a proper formation, if that makes any sense. If Was there like a challenge you faced at any point while writing book one? I would say that my biggest challenge with book one came right at the end. So I think that I went into it quite... Ah, the end. Yeah, quite naively thinking, you know, this is going to be great, having only ever uploaded fan fiction and never having gone into the marketing of books, which is like the worst thing ever, as it turns out. Oh, yeah. I think that that side of things was probably more of the challenge than the actual physical writing of it. The, the book sort of came together quite nicely and I was quite pleased with it and everything seemed to go quite well until it came time to market it. And then I sort of realized that actually the hard work isn't writing the book, it's marketing the book. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Because marketing, when I first published my first book, I kind of like had no idea on how to market anything. I kind of just thought that I could like post one thing or another and that would gain a bit of traction. Now I realized like saying it sounds ridiculous. But in the in the moment, then I thought that marketing was like a simple task. And 
no, writing the book was so much easier than actually marketing it. So I relate a hundred percent. Marketing is so freaking hard. It's such a nuanced puzzle, and I still haven't quite figured it out. But you have because I see your Instagram, and it's absolutely lovely. I love every aspect of it. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a real labor of love, and I still, to this day, still look around and thinking, "Oh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, I should have done that, or I should have done this." And I don't think that's ever <laughs> going to go away, to be honest. It's an intricate learning process because no one really teaches you the aspect of marketing. Because some people go to like creative classes, like creative writing classes, but that usually hones in on the craft and not really on the pursuit of actually getting your book out there. And one hundred percent. You have to kind of try to carve your own little paths. At the end of the day, people will do a business <laughs> degree in marketing just by itself. You know, that is a job in itself. People do that for a living. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. They don't also write books at the same time. So I think, that, you know, it's it's quite admirable, really, that we all as writers manage to do both. Exactly, exactly. Especially, I like, that's why I wanted to start interviewing indie authors, because I felt like we need to shine light on indie authors because I know how hard it is. And if I could just interview them and give them a little bit of spotlight on their book, I just feel like it's nice. It's nice to f facilitate that and help them grow a bigger audience and sell more books. Because at the end of the day, we just want people to read our books and thoroughly enjoy them as much as we did while writing it. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. So going back to your books for a moment, was there anything you found yourself editing out that like maybe a scene that you really loved no longer worked in the grand scheme of things? Or did everything just completely fall into place? I've got documents for each and every one of those books that I very, you know, sort of loosely term spare bits, <laughs> which as I've written things, I've taken things out and thought, no, 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 I'm going to use those again and copied them in there. And I never really ever do go back and use them, to be honest, but it makes me feel better that I haven't written something for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that, that's relatable. That's really relatable. Because little scenes that it's just like, they're nice to look at, even though I want to implement them, but then it just doesn't happen. But at least you get the scenes you can look back on and maybe you never know, you could use them in the future if it still works in this plot. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I hold on to them in the vain hope that maybe they'll become handy at some other point in time. <laughs> or maybe you can even reuse them with different characters. Just change some names. Nobody will know. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody's ever going to know as long as you actually do remember to take out the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit awkward. Oh, yeah. So lastly, before we wrap up this part of the interview, was there anything you wish you knew about your story or like the way of writing something before you started? Or was it everything perfect, perfectly in your mind? I think that the whole journey has been, for me, about sort of endurance, I suppose. They've been long books. There's six of them. Each of them has been getting longer as they've been get going on. And I think that it's been a real lesson in sort of sticking at something, even when it's driving you crazy, that you just keep plugging away, just keep chipping, chipping, <laughs> chipping, keep writing. and you eventually turn around and you're like, wait, hey, look, I've written a whole fantasy series. It's like, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> you should be very proud of yourself because like writing is no easy task and having a whole series six, man, you should be very, very proud of yourself. It's a very, very nice journey, but a hard one. Yeah, definitely. It's been, it's been well worth it. You know, I've enjoyed 
my time through it. It's hard to believe that I'm writing the last book at the moment and I'm probably about 80% through. So I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know, Ooh. any day now is going to be the last time that I write this book and then it's, it's all going to be over and I'm going to be on to the next thing. It just seems wild to me. Oh yeah. It's just a real feeling. It's just a real feeling because you invested so much time into like certain characters, a certain world. It becomes like a comfortable space when writing and having that world finally come to an end it must feel bittersweet don't you think yeah bittersweet is the perfect term for it because to be honest you're quite glad to see the back of it but you also kind of miss the characters you've been working with for such a long time oh yeah you'll miss the characters I know that for a fact and you know I kind of realized I didn't ask you a very important question it's this story is a fantasy romance right yeah that's right how did you actually craft the romance between them because like crafting chemistry between two characters is very difficult. Were you able to easily create that type of chemistry between your main two lovers, I'd say, the two characters, I mean? Or was it something that came out naturally? It's been 110% something that's come naturally to me. All of my fan fiction, everything I've ever done has been based in romance. I suppose you could probably blame a childhood of Disney movies for that. <laughs> I've always been a big lover of romance, even as a kid. And I suppose it's just, it's part of who I am. It's, I don't think I could write a story without romance in it, honestly. Oh yeah, because if that's your foundation of storytelling, that's marvelous. Because for me, I'm the opposite, actually. I don't tend to put romance into my books. And I never really did like romance before. But now I'm easing into it and I just love the way character dynamics are formed. And from what I could see in the first chapter, you do a great job in like forming certain relationships within the characters. Everything flows very naturally. Thank you very much. That means a lot. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's a fantastic way because like you introduce a lot of characters in the beginning, but in no moment. Is it confusing at all? It's very concise and I could very much understand everything that's going on. Well, that's definitely the aim, especially when you have six books with, you know, six individual couples and all of the side characters and things. You know, it, it is a something that you try to avoid a little hole that you don't want to be overwhelming people with how many characters you've got. So it, it means a lot to me to hear that I've done a decent job of it. <laughs> you've done an amazing job of it. A very good job. Very good job. I shall applaud you right now. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. What type of fan fiction did you write back then? Oh gosh, what haven't I written? <laughs> I suppose that it was mostly I mean I dabble in sort of male male books too. Mm, yes. That started with fan fiction. So I've done Final Fantasy. Oh, I've yeah. done it's mostly games. So I've done Skyrim, I've done Deus Ex, I've done WoW. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of them, so many. But they're all over on fanfiction.net. They're still there. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's your username? I'm kind of curious. It's kittycattle90. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best username ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did you ever find that your fanfiction background basically fortified your skills as a writer? 110%. Definitely. That's where it all started. I mean, I look back on some of those now and I'm like, oh, they're awful. <laughs> but it's sort of... Definitely where you start to hone those skills. And I don't think that as you continue writing as a writer, they, I don't think you ever really stop developing, if you know what I mean. Mm, it's, yeah. I see lots of things that I wrote in my early work that I would never do 
now in my current work, but even in this last series, to be honest, you know, from book one through to book six, I can see how my writing has developed and changed. And I presume that that's going to continue going as, you know, where do you stop? Where do you ever stop learning? I, I guess you don't. Oh, yeah. You never stop learning. You never stop learning. I find that like whenever an author has said that they've written fan fiction, their characters feel like very dynamic because like having fan fiction as your foundation, you kind of already know how the characters are so you can build off of it. So when they start writing their own original works, you will never find a flat character in any of their works. No, I, I do happen to agree with that. And I think that that's always a good base to start with, is to not have to worry about making your own original characters, that you take somebody else's characters and give them a new lease on life, you know, a new new story, a new background, whatever it is. Because it helps you with your sort of story building and things, I think, you know, using somebody else's ideas as a base to jump off of. Especially with romance, because you get to focus on their relationship then, rather than the world building and the character building and all that other stuff that tends to get in the way. Oh, yeah. I think in terms of writing a romance, you know, fan fiction can be very helpful. That's very true. It's very, very helpful. And like when I was, I never really wrote like, specific fan fiction but i did use like the worlds it's like for example I, I got into writing after reading percy jackson so for the first like two to three years of me writing everything was basically like demigod fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just found it to be a great way to start and fan fiction is Still pretty good on um, AO3. There's amazing fan fiction that should be books, but unfortunately the characters are owned by someone else. Yes, unfortunately that's the only downside to fan fiction, isn't it? Is that those characters don't belong to you. So when you really hit on something, unfortunately you can't do much with it. I have one story over on AO3, which is the Deus Ex one, which is called Puzzle Pieces. I always meant to sort of copy the fanfiction.net stuff over there but i just never really got around to it but it was my intention to do so <laughs> you know wait what's your username on that i'm also curious <laughs> i think it's the same oh the same up oh, again stellar username <laughs> yeah i believe so so how about we go right into our next segment you know what time it is ah uh, yes welcome to our bookish game now this is gonna be a bit fun and hopefully it's interactive enough for you to participate, but I won't know what you're saying because I am behind a microphone. This is an extreme game of this or that. Either you're going to agree with me or you think I'm absolutely crazy. Either way, it's going to be an opinion and I might love it and I might hate it. Anyways, shall we? In today's episode of This or That, I propose to you three rounds. Two very hard choices, only one decision. Shall we continue? It's time for a this or that segment. Do you have any questions? Okay, let's talk tropes. Let's say, is it a enemies to lovers or a friends to lovers? Oh, having to choose between the two? Mm, that's hard. That's hard because those two tropes yeah. are very popular, I'd say. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's yeah. the thing with enemies to lovers. The progression is a lot more jarring than the second option, if you know what I mean. Because you kind of don't expect them to, but they do have that chemistry. And I feel like when it's written very well, enemies to lovers is the best type of trope. I know some of my listeners might disagree with me on that one, but I think enemies to lovers would be good. 
Yeah, I strongly agree with that one. I prefer enemies to lovers. I mean, friends to lovers can be amazingly sweet as well. It's definitely got its place. It's a big sort of favourite of mine. But I think that enemies to lovers always has a special place in your heart, especially if you've read a good one. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for this? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, would you rather enter a fantasy world, but have no magical abilities at all, or enter a horror story, but have a stellar set of abilities, but no guarantee you're going to win at the end? (laughs) then it's definitely got to be the first one (laughs) (laughs) really you'd rather enter a fantasy world without any magical abilities i mean i've read plenty of stories where people have been sucked into fantasy worlds and they always end up with some amazing boyfriend at the end of it so i'm down (laughs) for that (laughs) oh yeah i forgot the boyfriend part of that that is appealing (laughs) (laughs) and he always has the abilities so it's fine he'll look after me we'll we'll make portals Uh, or something it's fine Ooh, portals yeah portals Okay, the last this or that question. Okay, now relating to your book, if you had to choose to be one species, either a fairy or a demon, which one would you prefer to be? Depends which part of the story I'm jumping in at, really. I suppose probably fairy. Let's say the beginning. Yeah, then definitely fairy. At the beginning, fairy, 100%. (laughs) Oh, really? They have all the money. Yeah, they have all the money, all the power. I think that you wouldn't really want to be in the sort of (laughs) flea-ridden demon city. (laughs) Definitely fairy. Okay, I guess that wasn't that hard of a question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess that wraps up that part. So before we close, where can we find your books? So they are mostly over on Amazon, although I have signed up to Kindle Unlimited. So they're free to get through there as well. And I'm also part of the wider distribution group that Amazon put together. So I believe they're also available from places like Barnes & Noble now too. But I think that the price is always better at Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, usually it is. Usually the really good discounts on Amazon. (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for joining us, my snazzy individuals. Do you have any official social media we could find you at? I've got loads. I've got them all. Everything apart from TikTok because I'm too old and I don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) What's your usernames? So it's mostly KL Thorne across the board. Facebook is KLT Romance because KL Thorne was taken. How dare they? <laughs> yes, how dare they? But everything else is usually a version of KL Thorne, whether it's got full stops in it like it is on Instagram or just straight as it is most other places. And please consider supporting the podcast by going to ko-fi.com forward slash softestlore and check out my official social media, which is softestlore on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay cool, stay snazzy, and keep reading. <laughs>